Good morning. It's a pleasure to be with you this Sunday at Holy Family, especially on this last Sunday of the church year, a day when we celebrate our Lord and Savior, Christ our King. The readings today really bring to light the concept of earthly kings in contrast with Christ the King. Kings are not something we have much experience with in the United States. We've never had a government ruled by a monarchy. But we certainly understand the concept of having people in charge of the governing of our country. The kings in the Bible who ruled over Israel were supposed to be divinely appointed. And in some instances, it seems that God had someone specifically in line for the job. I think we can all remember stories of Saul, David, and Solomon. The problem is that earthly kings are human beings, just like you and me. And we know how humanity and power mix in so many cases, don't we? Biblical kings were supposed to consult with God, have a prayer life, and have religious consultants. But I seem to remember times when fortune tellers and other less religiously motivated people gained the ear of the king. Today, we can all think of groups that have influence on our government officials because of their money and prestige they have in the world, such as oil, coal, the NRA, and many, many others. They sometimes muddy the waters when it comes to determining what is truly good for the citizens of a country and what is just for the people in the world. The same thing happened from the very beginning of kingship and the breaking away from the tribal system into one of statehood. When I think of kings, the one that comes to mind as an Episcopalian is King Henry VIII. Here we see an example of a man whose power led him led him to do some very evil things, which often colluded with any sense of human decency and morality. He is the one often credited with the beginning of the Church of England, which is where we Episcopalians take our roots. Now, King Henry took the power of the monarchy and increased it. He was known for executing pe many people who disagreed with him and his ways. He was married six times, which led to his disagreements with the Catholic Church and his decision to remove his country from it. Now, this is not all there is to that story of our origins, but it gives you a glimpse into the power of a king. Daniel was a prophet who experienced some dark times, and much of them were caused by earthly kings. However, as we can see from the story of the lion's den, when he was placed in a bed of lions and emerged unscathed, he was a man of amazing faith. The book of Daniel features apocalyptic visions, some of which you can hear right before today's reading. They can be hard to decipher in this day and age in the cultural setting we find ourselves in. But there is a clear message that comes through, even if we cannot know the exact meaning, of the beast, etc. Daniel has encountered evil kings who forced him into exile from his home, the home of God's chosen people. He knows that despite these horrible acts against he and his people, forcing them to become immigrants in a land they never or planned to live in, he knows that this is not where his faith lies. Daniel knows that his life, his beliefs in God, the way he personally lives and acts and treats others is not from any person on earth. It is from the ancient one, God Almighty. 
Even at the risk of his own life, Daniel always follows the path of God. It was this hope and trust in God that God would watch over and preserve he and his people, even during a time of persecution and suffering, that led him to continue living a life of faith despite the surrounding political climate. Flash forward to Jesus in the Gospel of John. Here we find Jesus being handed over to the Jewish officials and then Pontius Pilate, a Roman official. Jesus, our Messiah, was certainly not recognized by everyone as a Messiah, but he was by this time considered a threat to the powers that be, namely the Roman Emperor. There is a sense of fear in the air, a sense that Jesus does indeed hold power over many people. They gather around him. They want to touch him. They want to know what he has to say. Some people even leave everything behind to follow him through the deserts, from city to city, sharing a word that is not of this earth, not like anything anyone has ever heard before. They recognized his goodness, his love, his inclusiveness. They recognized that there was a different way to live, to worship God, to think of relationships, a way of loving one another, even those we don't know. Jesus said things and encouraged people to not just love one another, but to care for one another, to help those who are oppressed, and to free people from the bonds of human power structures that are inequitable. Now, if you were in power, you might think Jesus was a threat, and you might even think a coup might be attempted by the people who followed him. But knowing Jesus as we do from the New Testament and our own personal experience, we know that Jesus rejected this kind of power from the very beginning of his ministry. We know that he was completely committed to following his Father, the one God of all. When Pontius Pilate interrogated Jesus, it did not go as Pilate planned. He didn't like Jesus' responses. Jesus didn't play by his rules, and Jesus seemed more powerful in that moment than Pilate. So much so that Pilate became so fearful of the emperor and the people yelling, and so protective of keeping his own power that he freed a criminal and crucified Jesus. So we can see the terrible power that can take over a ruler. The power that Daniel and so many experience when people are exiled from their countries, when they live under evil rulers, and when they are, are oppressed. But these are the things Christ came to teach about. The word from God is that we don't have to count on or lament our earthly politics, rulers, and power structures too much. We can and we should do all we can to create a just and equitable world. We can and we should feed and shelter the poor and the hungry, the least of these. We can and we should fight for the freedom of the oppressed and excluded and love all God's people. But like Jesus, we as Christians know that our earthly kings and rulers are not where we get our power, our hope, our love, our joy, our nourishment. We are ruled by another king, one not of this world, but one who is constantly working in this world to create a kingdom that resembles the eternal kingdom. For this, we can truly be thankful for Christ our King, in whom our true hope lies. I invite you to pray with me the words of the Our Father as we await the kingdom to come. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
your kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.